Welcome to the grind. Today we have a special guest today, Dion Caldwell, certified therapist and licensed <laughs> to certify. Yes. <laughs> How you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. I don't know. Last time you you just corrected me on that. So <laughs> I appreciate that. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Dion, and your journey. Um, okay. Um originally from Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, actually, where I got my undergraduate is in Connecticut um, in social work in 2005. I moved to the DMV area in 2005 to go to Howard um, and get my master's in social work. Um, let's see. I'm the only girl of three brothers. So um, I love sports. Uh, I was raised watching basketball, football. In any other sport that the boys wanted to watch, because I was the only girl. I never got the remote. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I just have a passion for working with teens. Um, I've worked in foster care. I've worked in education for nine years, uh, five years in charter schools, four years in public schools. So I've done a little bit of everything. Yeah, you've been around. You've been around for a while. So what motivated you to start working in therapy and uh, working with kids? So what motivated me to start working in therapy was basically my home life. My parents got divorced around, I was about 10 years old, and I just kind of felt like I wanted to help other people in this um, life that have difficulties with going through um, different family challenges, and I said, "Yep, this is what I wanted to do." So, man, that's that's a huge uh, task to take on, you know, dealing with other people's uh, problems. Absolutely. Yeah. So I know, you know, what you're working with youth. Um, well, like, what are some of the challenges that you know you experience with them, and um, and some of the ways that you help them cope with their experiences? Some of the challenges that the youth. Um, have is dealing with authority, um, starting with their parents, uh, any type of adult, you mm-hmm. know, they have difficulty and they, I think a lot of times they feel like they are not being heard mm. um, and they don't have a voice. Mm. So that's one of the things, the challenges that they have. They also, I feel, lack support, um, somebody that's there for them consistently. Um, that's a difficulty and a challenge that they have. And it's kind of because they have a distrust for, like I said, adults in authority. Mm. So those are the biggest challenges, and obviously it leads to other challenges, but those are some of the challenges that I see on a regular basis. Yeah, you know what? I can kind of tell the difference now just when you say that. Like now since you say that, like I I see it. Like kids just kind of like just don't respect any adult mm-hmm. you know like even down to coaches sometimes mm-hmm. you know so dang that's uh that's interesting you know um but i know uh i know you deal with the the, the crisis team right um with dcps yes so you know explain a little bit how that works i know you know they just well my perception and what 
I think it is. Mm-hmm. You know, they call you in, and when something really big goes down, like a student has, you know, passed or, you know, that's in the building, and they just looking for people to come. But, you know, just explain a little bit in detail of what your job is and, you know, what? why do they bring you in to be a part of this team? No problem. So the, the DCPS um, crisis team consists of social workers and psychologists that are employed by the school system. And each of us have a week of on-call where we will be deployed to any type of emergency services to any of the DCPS schools. Um, the emergencies can be, like you said, one of the students dying, a staff dying, um, a loss of a principal or some type of big administrator. Um, yeah, so those are really like any type of criminal acts that happen maybe in or around the school. Those are reasons why we would be deployed to um, schools to basically provide stabilization, an outlet for students to come and um, you know, process some of the things that they have either heard or witnessed. And they obviously um, focus on the social workers and the psychologists because we've been trained um, in trauma-informed um, practices. So so how successful is, you know, how successful is as far as youth actually taking advantage of, you know, just the opportunities and the resources that, mm-hmm. you know, can allow them to cope and can allow them to heal from maybe uh, uh, traumatic situations of friends or, mm-hmm. you know, people that they believe in. I would say fair. In. I would say fair. Um, there are some students who take advantage of it, not as many as, you know, are affected, but some students do come in just to kind of talk and say, you know, this is how I feel about it or this was a messed up situation, uh, whatever the case may be. But a lot of times um, I find that the students kind of have a peer support where they're talking to each other about the issues instead of going to, you know, a formal, a more formal way of, you know, venting or processing their feelings. So they kind of use each other as support systems um, instead. Well, you know what? Um, my, my man said that, uh, one day he was like uh, Coach K. Shout out to Coach K. Um, he said it's weird that we don't pay attention to how kids grieve now. Mm-hmm. Like they grieve on social media. Mm-hmm. Like they post friends, they post RIP. Like they do it like consistently, like daily, like monthly, like yearly. Like you know what I mean? Like they have found their own way to cope with the loss of friends or situations that they're going through and not necessarily seeking help mm-hmm. with people that actually know how to help them move forward or mm-hmm. maybe heal from mm-hmm. whatever they're dealing with. So how do you think that we can change the mindsets to get um, kids to take, you know, just um, just more this is to have a better um, sense of wanting to come in mm-hmm. to take advantage of the opportunities. Like, what do you think we need to do as adults and as coaches and, you know, as people in, you know, So like field. you said, um, kind of just pay attention to how they're grieving. And that's a way to get in with them. That's a way to connect with them, um, to, you know, notice, oh, I see you wearing a shirt. Actually, as you say that, we had a student that um, died October 
24th of um, last year, 2019. And just today, I saw a student that was her cousin, and she was wearing um, the same ribbons that they gave to them at the funeral. Mm. She puts them on her clothes every so often. I'm not sure if there's a specific day or a specific, you know, reason why she does it. But today I noticed that she had two blue and white ribbons, which all the family members were blue and white at her funeral um, last year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was something that I noticed. But, you know, a good way, like I said, to do is to pay attention to how they're grieving. Um, Always continue to offer the, you know, listening ear without having something to say back. Just kind of allowing them to vent and let it out, release it. Um, That's very therapeutic because sometimes they don't want to hear, you know, what someone has to say. Um, And also give give them if they are, you know, kind of questioning the different stages of grief, give them, you know, more information and to let them know that it's normal. There's no right or wrong way to grieve. There's no time limit or boundaries to grieving. So just, or just getting help um, for whatever it may be. It may not have to do with, um, you know, the, the death of somebody. It can just be, you know, a poor relationship with your parent. Mm. Um, so just giving them the space to talk about whatever is, you know, on their mind and heart. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I've, I've created Heart and Hustle to help with the mental health and athletes. Um, you know, in our field, I really think it's big. I, um, I'm, I'm watching a lot of domino effects, meaning starting from the parents Mm-hmm. Um, working to the coaches and then, you know, ideally the kids. And it's, 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 it, you know, it's kind of messed up, but it's reality right now. Yes. And, um, you know, so I guess I wanted to put more, you know, uh, more of my time, more of an effort to change the culture to help build up a community. Um, so <clears throat> my question, uh, to you is have, um, any coaches ever, you know, reached out to you and asked for you to, you know, maybe check in on this athlete or, you know, maybe even seek the help that, you know, they might need? Mm-hmm. Yes, I've had um, one or two coaches come to me and give me referrals for students who were having, again, difficulties with um, parent relationship, um, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend relationship, um just making good decisions, kind of helping them get more future-oriented. So I have had some coaches, like I said, maybe one or two, that kind of um, refer students to me to get, you know, some additional help. To kind of, get, you know, backtrack on uh, just with your crisis team, um, I know last year alone in 2019 we had maybe four, three or four athletes that had gotten um, you know, died from certain situations that were really, um, you know, traumatic situations. Like, I don't know if they have, were really into, um, you know, the school, like really just involved with a lot of the kids that were here. But I know that a couple of them, I think it's one from um, here, um, Dunbar, and then another kid from Baloo. Um, did any of the coaches, like, you know, 
take advantage of the the of that opportunity of you guys actually being here or having you guys come and talk to maybe the team and you know so we did have a student Aki Scruggs Washington who died July of 2018 I believe um or 19 I'm not sure um the coaches were it was over the summer and uh DCPS crisis team was deployed to the school. I also came in, you know, although, you know, I was off for summer vacation, mm-hmm. I did come to the school because the students know me and it was important for me to show them my support. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not many students took advantage of it, but we were here. We offered it during the summer. When we came back from the summer break, we offered it again mm-hmm. in the fall. Mm-hmm. So um, it is offered. Um, like I said, not a lot of people take, take advantage, advantage of, of it. it. But again, you do see them with T-shirts on, mm-hmm. with the number 26 was his number. Okay. Um, they have his jersey up front. So mm-hmm. it's a constant memorial is, um, of him. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's that's always been like that in our community. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, numbers are huge, especially mm-hmm. when... You know, numbers, neighborhoods, you know, like that is big in our community right. versus just ideally talking about it. But, you know, I know you have something uh, special or your baby. Um, <laughs> so speak a little bit about Destined for Change uh, Therapeutic Services. So Destined for Change Therapeutic Services is my baby. Um, I started this business in 2017. So going on my third year, where I provide individual, family, and group therapy, um, psychotherapy, um, as well as psychoeducation groups, so for anger management, some job skills, um, life skills, different type of um, opportunities for youth and adults to take part and get more information and, you know, to better themselves. So, it's individual therapy as well as, you know, group therapy and family therapy as well. So what what is the direction that you're you're that you wanna take this? It's like like where do you wanna take destined for change? I want it to be well known. I want D C and Maryland um residents to be able to access the services. Um I would love to eventually open up a transitional living or residential treatment center for um, people who are struggling with trying to get back on their feet um, from ages 16 and up to maybe 24 years old to help them kind of stabilize and get those foundational daily living life skills type of things that they may be lacking. So um, lots of big plans come in to kind of help the city and help, you know, whoever is in need. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's big. I think 2020 is, like, the biggest year for, you know, uh, minority businesses. Mm. You know what I mean? So, I'm excited. So I always like to um, to end my show with this message and um, with the saying, you know, uh, for those that are listening, give them something to remember you by. Okay. So my favorite quote is you must 
make a choice to take a chance or your life will never change. So basically, go ahead and and take the risk to make yourself better. Um, Because if you don't, then everything will stay the same. Okay, well, thank you so much. And how can the people reach you? I mean, you know, what's your your Instagram so that they maybe can can keep in in touch and follow up or reach out to you, get your services because I'm sure someone out there may need a a sense of of something. Um, you can find me on Destined for Change on Facebook. I'm not on Instagram yet. Okay, but um, on Facebook, Destined for Change. Or you can email me at Destined, D-E-S-T-I-E-N-D, for the number four and change, C-H-A-N-G-E dot T-S at gmail.com. So you that you want to say it again? Because, you know, we we have not necessarily people that don't listen, but, you Okay. Know. So it's Destined, the number four, change dot T-S at gmail.com, or... You can call me directly at 240-621-0727. There it is. Thank you so much, Dion. I really appreciate it. And I'll make sure that I, you know, post this and put this up with with our, you know, flick today or I'll call it today. But thank you so much. And I really appreciate no everything that you've done and uh, your message today. It was very genuine. So remember, it's your dream. And it's your life.